0: Were your parents spies before you were born? Was there a spy dating service? (laughs) That's a great idea.
1: Hello and welcome to Lived It. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos.
0: And I'm Jen Fricker.
1: And on this podcast, we speak to everyday Aussies and Kiwis who didn't just watch the show or movie everybody's banging on about. They actually lived it.
0: And on today's episode, we're chatting about the brilliant new Netflix series, Pieces of Her. And we're asking, do you ever really know who your parents are?
1: Pieces of Her is one of those shows with a plot so full of twists and turns that we thought it would be impossible to find a real-life person who has lived it, but...
0: Impossible is nothing!
1: Absolutely. We are glad to say we were wrong in this situation because we've got an extraordinary real-life story to share with you guys today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Her name is Sue Ellen Kusher and her father was living a double life, but she knew about it.
1: I cannot believe this story. I cannot believe we get to talk to Sue Ellen about this extraordinary life. But before we get into that, let's talk about pieces of her. It's a brand new edge of your seat thriller out now on Netflix, and it stars one of my very favourite actors of all time, Australia's very own Tony Collette, and Bella Heathcote.
0: We might know her from movies like Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. And she plays Andy Oliver, who goes have a birthday lunch with her mother, Laura, played by Toni Collette, and they find themselves in mortal danger when a gunman opens fire at a restaurant. But in this amazing moment, Laura, Andy's mother, confronts the shooter, and a video of that moment goes viral. But the twist of this is Andy's mother doesn't want anyone to know about her, and it brings up a past that... Andy knew nothing
1: about. So let's have a listen to the trailer. You ever had that thing where you think you know someone as
0: well as you could possibly know anyone and then one day you were totally wrong? something what your mom did you don't have much time you have to leave can't talk to anyone okay no calls no texting nothing there are just
2: some things you don't understand
1: every time i think i get closer to knowing her she slips away we all do things we'd rather forget
0: mom just tell me the truth
1: I was kind of like right in the pocket with this series. I didn't really know anything about this at all going in. And I kind of thought we were just getting into kind of like a sleepy, small town drama. And then there's this dramatic moment with a gunman. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what the whole series is going to be about. This town dealing with this horrible incident. But then when we have this moment of turn where Mm. things twist and there's like an inverse of the action where Tony Collette, Takes charge of this scene and she dispatches this gunman violently, swiftly, suddenly, scarily. I was on the hook, man, because mm. Tony Collette, I've said it before, I'll say it till the day I croak. Tony Collette is one of the rarest talents in the business we called show. I think she's one of the greatest actors. And she's one of the few, though, put in the same category as Nicolas Cage, who I think is wow, one of them. I, I really was
0: not expecting that comparison. I,
1: I really, I will go on. This is one of my truest moments as a cultural critic, is I think that Toni Collette is the 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 closest we have to like a female answer to Nicolas Cage, where so much of their performance is like this expression of internalized emotion, but completely externalised.
0: She's an expressionist.
1: She really is. In like the artistic,
0: not in like a, oh, she does big faces or whatever, but I just (laughs) mean like expressionism as an art
1: that's exactly it dude like i feel like she has this like like boiling hot bubbling geyser of emotion like just can pour out in the most precise moments and then like allow herself to get overwhelmed by them and so seeing her in a role like this i did not anticipate it there's so much built in of going then relating it back to yourself and going oh, well, you know, do I really know who my parents really are? Yeah, I think that's what kind of makes this show compelling is that it's got that relatable nugget, but then it's got this genre element of going like, oh, who the heck is this person? Like, how are they capable of doing this kind of fast action? Who are they really? Yeah, There's so many twists and turns where the story keeps evolving, the story keeps changing, changing directions. You really kind of, don't know where this is going to end up. You have your preconceived notions, but then it keeps subverting them.
0: Totally. It is a pure thriller and it's so interesting because I think I was the same. I I didn't really know a lot about this series Mm -hmm. in the run up to it. I knew it was kind of part of that big block of television shows and movies that are all kind of getting filmed on like the North Coast and like Byron Bay last year and there's all these celebrities around. And so I kind of knew about that and maybe just subconsciously I lumped it into that kind of genre Cause it was, like, getting filmed around the same time as, like, Nine Perfect Strangers and things, where I thought it would be, yeah, just kind of like a domestic drama, mm. actors acting. Yeah. And then someone put it, I think maybe it was you put it to me, it's like, this is actually, like, if one of the women in Big Little Lies mm-hmm. was Jason Bourne.
1: Yeah, that's how <laughs> I felt watching that first episode. I didn't know what the frick was going on. Yeah. And I am in the pocket. I'm hooked. I can't wait to see how Tony Collette... Evolves her performance because I'm used to seeing her in movies. She's done TV shows, of course, before like United States of Tara or Unbelievable on Netflix. But I I'm always interested in seeing like these very precise, interesting stars move to TV and see how they can evolve and change a performance over like a longer runtime. Yeah. How does a painter paint when the canvas is the size of a freaking world, dude? Uh.
0: Well, as you know, Lived It is a podcast where we hear from real Australians and Kiwis about the moments from their own lives that feel like they're plucked straight from a Netflix plot. And in the case of Andy and Pieces of Her, she's starting to realize that she doesn't really know who her mother is at all. Well, for our guest today, Sue Ellen Kusher, in real life, her parents kept a lot of secrets that even now she's still trying to figure out.
1: Sue Ellen, thank you so much for joining us on our show. You have one of the most interesting childhoods I've ever encountered in my life. What was your family like growing up?
2: Well, I thought my family was normal until I got married. My husband pointed out to me how abnormal it was. I grew up in Sydney. I was born into an apartment in King's Cross and that apartment was bugging the apartment below and that was the (gasps) first ever exercise by ASIO in Australia. So I was kind of born into that world of espionage. Okay. So <laughs> let's slow it on down here. You've just mentioned a
0: lot of, a lot of things. When you say you were born into a family of espionage, you mean literally your parents were spies.
2: Yeah. That, that kind of get that, that, that question gets me going, but yes, they were. Yeah. And I didn't know to what extent my mother was a spy until much, much later. I always thought it was just my father, Mm. but it was my mother as well. And she had by far the more secret job. Wow. Yeah. And then when the uh, Melbourne Olympics came to Australia, we moved to Brisbane and looked after the Petrovs while the Olympics was on in Melbourne. They lived in Melbourne. So, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, That was about my childhood, popping backwards and forwards.
1: Yeah. What were your parents like around you? Were they always on the clock or were they just like normal mum and dad?
2: Well, I thought they were normal, but I look back now, they were very strict. We had very clear sets of rules that we were – there was no question about us not following the rules – And mum and dad were always on, like they were always working. But we had times when we could be normal kids and we had times when there was – it's like a lever. It's not that we changed behaviour. If you were looking at us, we didn't change behaviour, but we knew we were on and we had to be careful what we said and we had to be careful how we behaved. So the transition was seamless, but for us there was being kids and then being – I don't know what to say these under control kids but kind of that is what it was.
0: And what signaled that change? Like how how did your parents kind of go like this is the time to be on I guess?
2: I don't know. We've been asked this question hundreds of times by lots of different people. It was a it was a micro movement. It was either a, a look in the eye or a muscle twitch in the neck. It was just something that my brother and my I and my sister later on Picked up on we knew that sign meant now you have to be careful
0: wow I got shivers just like you saying just like a minute kind of movement that's no no it blows my mind as I say it I think I it, mean, was- yeah, it happened to you so yeah I can understand either? that were your parents spies before you were born
2: With, was there a spy dating service <laughs> that's a great idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they my father came out of the army Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the recruits were from, the army or the police force. And he had met my mother and was dating my mother and then he was approached by ASIO who said, you know, we'd like you to come and work for us. And my mother was very keen on my father having a steady job. So he joined in 1950-51 and in those days they figured that it was more secure if a husband and wife were working together Mm. so right. they told dad after about 12 months that his wife needed to come and um, work in the business these days it's completely different most wives or husbands don't know that their partner works for ASIO. like wow they just wouldn't wouldn't have a clue wow
0: so it was
2: really it was really amazing I mean it it was James Bond but we don't kill people wow you know they'd, they'd break into consulates and they oh yeah a whole bit but <laughs> but
1: I've never heard anyone just say, "Yeah, they break into the concerts <laughs> you know. so casually." Before, did you get like kind of special training or develop any kind of skills from your parents' work and them putting you into play as well as a secret agent?
2: That's a really fabo question because the answer is yes. Oh my! Wow! Goodness. Yes, we were being trained all the time, but as children, we thought they were games. Wow. So. <laughs> So, you know, so, you, so we play Monopoly and you play... Yeah. We play spy <laughs> games, yeah. Wow. <laughs> They'd be observation games mm. and they would be memory games and we would go on jobs with Dad and when we were on those jobs with Dad, there were certain things that we had to remember and then we had to download to Dad afterwards and then we could forget them. So things like number plates... Positions of where people or cars were, any unusual behavior. And we were programmed to remember anything that was out of the norm. Wow. So yeah, as an adult, what a skill.
1: Was your dad like, because you have an image of a spy in your head and it's James Bonds? Was your dad like that or what's a spy actually like?
2: It's very interesting. Many years later when I went to Canberra for some events and I met a whole lot of other people who had been my father's contemporaries. And I, I'd never had that experience. They all definitely register on the charm meter. Wow. They are very charming people. They're pretty middle of the road. Like bonds are, they wear very conservative suits. Mm. They're usually not (laughs) handsome, but attractive people. Mm. You know, there's just there is some very nice, yes. attractive
1: quality to. I them. think I know the type.
2: And then an much like types. yourself. Yes, thank mm. you yeah. For, yeah. so much.
1: But I have, I register as handsome sometimes as well. Let it be known.
2: <laughs> he's a spy, is what he's trying to admit. <laughs> uh, he's outed. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. And they're also they've also got this little element of naughtiness. Mm. They're very conservative, but they will do something that's so out of character that you go, oh, oh, mm. you're interesting. And women loved my father. Absolutely loved
1: him. Did he ever have gadgets and stuff like that? Oh,
2: gosh, yes. He used to bring these gadgets home and he'd let us, which was not, you know, this was none of this was allowed, but he would let us play with them. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. So (laughs) what Um, were you playing with? I was about 11, 10 or 11, when Sound of Music came out. He brought home this tiny little recording machine. It was like the size of a data stick.
1: Oh, wow. And
2: it was this little recording machine. And we were visiting um, some friends and he said to me, you can go and play with this if you leave us alone and shut up. Because <laughs> I am a bit of a chatterbox. Um, <laughs> and I remember singing Edelweiss into it and then listening to it and then wiping it. And, I mean, wow. that's that's before any mainstream recording, you know, cassette tape or yeah. anything like that. And before anything was mini so they had a lot of things that I knew were not available anywhere else. Like when I was about three or four, I can remember dad talking to someone else in another car. Well, most, phones, most homes mm. didn't even have a telephone. Wow. So they did have gadgets and they did have spy craft that no one was aware of. And mm. I have been told since that they came out of the Second World War, yes. a lot of that equipment. Wow. Wow.
0: So you were saying you were a bit of a chatterbox as a kid. Did you ever confide in any of your friends and be like? No, yeah. never. God, no.
2: So it wasn't until Sandra Hogan, who was the journalist who was helping me, wrote the book and did the research for the book that my brother and my sister and I had ever talked about our childhood. So up until that point, we had never talked about it to anyone. Like wow. when you Like when you're taught to hold a secret – you are taught what that means. And for us, it meant putting Australia at risk. Mm. So a secret was something that you locked away and you did not visit and you did not disclose to anyone, not your mother, not your father, not your brother, not your sister, not your aunt, not your grandmother, no one. So when we did the research for the book, that was the first time my brother and sister and I had ever talked about our childhood.
0: I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. How do you think that affected you growing up into an adult?
2: It affected all of us very differently. I think personality-wise, my brother and sister are introverts. For me, I did pretty well until my father died when he was 47 and I was 17. So I did pretty well until I kind of got near 47 mm. and and then things started to Crash in on me sounds dramatic, but then things that I had locked away, my own personal emotions that I had locked away started to escape. Wow. And that's really how the book came about. It was Mm -hmm. from needing to know things that I didn't, I didn't even know about my parents. I had no idea that my mother had the really big top secret job. Yeah. I mean, so you mentioned this before. What do you have any
0: guesses as to what your mother was up to?
2: Oh, I know exactly what she was up to. Um, I know now because Mm. when Julia Gillard gave permission for an official history of um, espionage in Australia, we're only the second country in the world to ever do that, Mm. ASIO rang me and said, do you think your mother would remember anything? Well, that's quite hilarious. My mother has a memory like a steel trap. (laughs) <laughs> and and they said to me, Do you think she'd talk to us? And I said, Well, I know she'd remember everything. Whether she'd talk to you or not, I don't know because of the Secrets Act. Yeah. So they said, we'll send you a release from the Secrets Act. So oh, they wow. yeah, they turned up. We organized a meeting. Two ex-directors general and a researcher from ANU University turned up and they turned up with an official thank you to my mother for services to Australia. Wow. wow. And she still wouldn't talk. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It took a lot to get her to actually talk to them, even though she had all of this authentication. Mm. And then when she started talking, she used to teach herself. She'd, She'd just somehow know. Like if we were at a coffee lounge and there were two Greek people, and she doesn't speak Greek. she'd she'd just somehow know what they'd be talking about. She She'd pick up on body language and she was just linguistically very gifted.
1: One thing I want to ask you about, Sue Ellen, like on this podcast we look at how – Shows and movies can like mirror our lives and how we can relate to them. When you were growing up, it was during the Cold War era. There were so many movies and TV shows like James Bond, Get Smart, that were about the spy lifestyle. Were you growing up watching these shows?
2: Yeah, we were. And my brother and I used to have great laughs because our reality was nothing like that, except for Get Smart.
1: Yet smart was really? the most the comedy accurate?
2: show. Yeah, because there was a cone of silence. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the physical cone that uh, they had, but there was a metaphoric cone of silence. I was
1: imagining over your yeah. dinner table there was like a fiberglass <laughs>
2: <laughs> landing from the roof. Look, if that makes you happy, that's what you should <laughs> imagine. <laughs> But, you know, there were things like there was a cone of silence and, Mm. you know, dad did have all these, you know, amazing, like my father could pick any lock, anywhere, anytime. He was a master lock lock picker and they did do surveillance and they did follow people. So amazingly, it's the one that's the strongest parallel and they did have partners and one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing. So there were... There were some things that were quite consistent that wow. James Bond terrified me. I mean, I just, it was so far away from what my experience of espionage was that I, I found those films very confronting because we don't hurt people. We, you know, yeah. ASIO is mm-hmm. an information gathering bureau. Mm. Um, and that information is designed to protect Australians. So mm. it was very, it was portrayed very differently. And I had a lot of trouble having that word spy associated with this whole mm. experience because I didn't think I was a spy. Yeah. And my siblings don't think we, our father was a spy and we helped our father. That was how so- it worked out in our minds. But to, to say To use that word spy in association with me, that took some getting used to. Right. So how would you define yourself then? A family member in the diplomatic corps. That's very
0: elegant too.
2: It is, isn't it? Do you like it? Yeah. I love it
0: in (laughs) fact. Family (laughs) member. I think it's very cool. cool. Well, Sue Ellen, this has been a phenomenal chat. This has honestly made my year Yay! I'm so happy. Thank you so much for sharing the story of your family and your own secret life, and and I'm so glad you're able to share it with us. Thanks, guys.
2: It's been really lovely chatting with you.
1: Thank you so much. You're the best. Yeah. So it's safe to say Sue Ellen's life is... One of the most fascinating stories I've ever encountered.
0: I think it's pretty much the closest thing we can get to a real-life Pieces of Her type of situation. Like, it's it's up there at the same totally. level.
1: Like, it really is. Like, the whole, the whole crux of Pieces of Her is that idea of you don't know who your parents really are. How can you possibly know? Mm. And even though Sue Ellen was so in her parents' life of, like, being in that espionage world... She still had all these secrets that she, years later is still uncovering.
0: Yeah, and from the sounds of it, she feels like she's never going to know.
1: Man, pieces of her has really wrapped my oh head my in God. this world of finding out who my parents really are as well. I'm
0: going to examine my parents.
1: I'm going to put my mother in a high pressure danger situation myself um, just to see what we unlock.
0: I'm going to waterboard my dad.
1: <laughs> it's official. We're doing it.
0: Sorry. Do Netflix told us to do it. Netflix told us to waterboard our dads.
1: Yes, that's what we've learned here on the podcast today is put your parents in a very high-pressure situation. Just get all their secrets out. Pieces of her style and find out what yeah. is going on.
0: When did you lose your virginity?
1: Um, When I was 18. Oh, I was just oh, doing oh, to I, a periodical I mean, of a No, no, nothing, nothing. I, I'm still pure. <laughs> I'm very interested to keep watching Pieces of Her because I have no idea where it could turn out. It might not be a spy story in the end, it could be something completely different. I'm theorizing all the time where Pieces of Her is going. Mm-hmm. But now with this, this could be a possibility. Who knows? You know what?
0: Could be a possibility that Pieces of Her ends on a family holiday in Brisbane.
1: Yeah. We could be getting a Petrov affair in Pieces Petrov of Her
0: and reversible bikinis. Wow. I think that's how that ends. No, I mean, sp- Sorry for the spoilers, but I think that's how that ends.
1: Yeah, spoilers for history, Australian history. <laughs> yeah. And that's a wrap on this episode.
0: Thanks so much to Sue Ellen Kusher for sharing her story. If you want to hear more about that, check out the book With My Little Eye, The Incredible True Story of a Family of Spies in the Suburbs by Sandra Hogan.
1: And if you haven't already, make sure you check out Pieces of Her on Netflix, which is out right now.
0: Have you got a parent leading a double life? us on Instagram. We'd love to hear about it at Netflix ANZ.
1: Or any family secrets, actually. We'd love to spill that tea.
0: (laughs) This podcast was recorded on Gadigal Land.
1: Thank you to our executive producer Perea Taizadeh and our producer Abby Lenton.
0: And of course Netflix does not condone waterboarding your dad.
1: And thank you for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Goodbye. Bye-bye.